When you save on auto insurance for driving safe with USAA SafePilot, you'll feel like a big deal. Even in a traffic jam. Save up to 30% with USAA SafePilot. Restrictions apply. She did not know that the wolf was a wicked sort of animal and she was not afraid of it. Welcome to episode 31 of Prince Kai Fan Pod, a Marissa Meyer Book Club podcast. I'm Bethany. And I'm Becca. And thank you for being here today. Yeah. Thank you. I am excited. I am sad that we are Ashley List. Poor thing. She doesn't have a voice. I know. Yeah. I guess the voice is kind of important. I wish, I guess, that we couldn't have had her, like, do a speech to texting and then she could just have robot voice so she could just. I don't know technologically how to make that happen, so. You would actually probably really like that. <laughs> yeah, I would think that would be fun. So, we've been on hiatus for the last few weeks. Do you want to catch everybody up on what you've been doing? Absolutely, yeah. Well, it was the holidays, so basically, you know, it was a lot of family time and craziness, and sleep schedules are super messed up, so nights have been rough, and... I'm ready to get back to a routine and get back to this and work and everything. So, how about you? Um, good. I've been, well, I got a nice couple weeks break from school, but I went back on the second. But I spent most of my time working on stuff for the podcast, so that's exciting. <laughs> we have a couple of announcements for the podcast that we'll go ahead and get to. I've been working on something called a Patreon. Whoop, whoop. And it launches the same day this episode comes out. So that's very exciting. Super exciting. Yeah, and I went and took a look at it, and I'm super stoked. Yeah, it's it's going to be cool. I put a lot of time and effort into it, so hopefully everybody likes it. It's not, the rewards aren't super crazy. I talked a lot with people and got a lot of messages and did a lot of polls on Instagram and, it, you know, tried to make it as affordable for everyone as possible. We're probably going to add more stuff in the future, but this is just to get us started and see where we're at in a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited, and I love that it's so accessible. You know, a dollar a month. Honestly, like, for me right now, a dollar is a lot of money, <laughs> but, like, it's doable, you know. So, yeah, so it's it's good that probably nearly anyone who wants to can be a part of all the rewards and the community and all of that. So I'm excited. Yeah, and that was that was my hope too is that it it would be a little bit more affordable for everyone. First of all, there's going to be a link on our website, our Instagram and our Facebook of course. You can also just go to patreon.com slash Prince Kaifampod. It's really simple. And the tiers so the way that Patreon works is most people have like a tier system and each tier goes up by a certain dollar amount. And the higher the tier goes, the more the reward goes. But we decided to make it sort of like a donation basis. You give whatever it is that you can to support, but all the patrons get the same reward. We understand that not all wallets are created equal, so we wanted to make sure that everyone, regardless of financial stature, would be able to participate. So I mean, you can give as much as $20 a month, but we don't expect it. And you can give as little as a dollar a month, and we appreciate it either way. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. 
Yeah. Bethany's Easter Egg Basket, which is a patron-only chat forum, a spoiler zone chat forum, which can be for anything Marissa Meyer related, TLC or otherwise. Um, you'll get to participate in private polls and voting. You get the episode one day early. You'll get notified as producer status. So you'll get a shout out in every single episode. And I'll give one book recommendation per month. So I know it's not much, but we're looking into doing more. And for now, this is just to get us started and see how far we go. Yeah, it's exciting. Do you want to tell them a little bit about where the support is going if we do get patrons? Yes, absolutely. So, and I didn't really know this until I got super into podcasts and started more learning about what it all takes. It's just not free to have a podcast. <laughs> it's crazy, but um, yeah, so it, it's not just about, you know, like, that it takes time and that's valuable or anything. There are actual expenses involved that I was not super aware of going in. So we have SoundCloud fees. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. So we have SoundCloud fees and that is to get the actual audio file of the podcast out onto all those platforms. So that is how we get the RSS feed that then We'll talk to every podcast platform and make it so that people can find us and get the episode. And then, of course, you know, we have the website. There's web hosting and all of that. So there are just monthly expenses. We've had some recording challenges. (laughs) (laughs) So we are constantly, I think Bethany is constantly searching for newer, better ways for us to record with each other. Since we are long distance, it is a challenge. We have Bethany and Ashley in the same room, and then we have me hundreds of miles away. So the good software for that that makes it so Bethany is hopefully eventually not spending, you know, full 12-hour days and then (laughs) trying to get an episode listenable and trying to cut out the interference and static and all that fun stuff. Those all have monthly fees, so that is a big hurdle. And then, you know, in addition to that, all of the editing and recording and everything, we would love to be able to improve the quality of it in addition to freeing up Bethany from editing for full days, (laughs) just making it, you know, palatable for your ears. You know, and that, so, you know, of course, there are expenses for equipment and all of that stuff that we would like to eventually be able to upgrade to. So Patreon will hopefully help with all of that in addition to giving us all a set place to talk about things and have all the perks of that. So Absolutely. And and some of the other things that Patreon can be used for is we would like to find a way for all of us to meet Marissa Meyer in person. I'm going no matter what. I've been saving birthday money and Christmas money and pennies and things like that. So I'm going no matter what, but we would love it if Ashley and Becca could join me. My friend Amy, shout out Amy, is going to come with me no matter what. So that's exciting. I won't be totally by myself. And the other thing we want to start doing is some special giveaway opportunities. And for that, we also need a little bit of funding. So part of the Patreon will go into things like that as well. But in the beginning, for sure, it's just going to try to help pay for some of the expenses. Mm-hmm. 
I want to make it super duper clear that the podcast will always be free to listen to. By no means do you have to join the Patreon in order to listen to the podcast. It's still going to be free. This is just a little something extra where if you can help, we really appreciate it. And we'll do what we can to show that appreciation. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. We will always be free. We will always be here for you. But yeah, if you can, we so appreciate the help. Yeah. It'd be so cool if we could all go to St. Louis for that book signing. That would be just so freaking amazing. Yeah. Just I'm not sure if I will honestly be able to come up with the travel money by March, no matter what. So so Ashley and Becca probably won't be able to make it. And if that's the case, I'll be going to the one in Austin, Texas, which is on March 1st. Either that or the one in San Antonio, Texas, which is February 29th. Oh, maybe I could just do both. Yeah, that'd be awesome. So, yeah, I'm really excited for that. And hopefully I'll let you guys know a little bit closer to the date which one I'll be going to. And then maybe I'll get to meet some of you there, which would also be really exciting for us. That'd be so amazing. We need to make, like, shirt a shirt for you and your friend. Does say, like, Prince Kai Fampot or something? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah, and you need, like, a name tag. Yeah, I also thought about, I thought about, we talked about merchandise, and <clears throat> one of the things I thought would be fun would do, like, we would have Prince Kai Fampot on the front, and then on the back it would say Professional Egg Hunter. Oh, cute. Oh, I love it. That's adorable. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. I like that. So that's just a little bit of information about the Patreon. I know there have been a lot of questions. And feel free to email us about the Patreon if you have more questions. We're always happy to answer. But definitely visit patreon.com slash princekaifampod. There's a lot of information on there as well. Absolutely. And they also do have an app. I downloaded the app. So that's how I'm going to be looking at it. Because just on a phone, I feel weird going to my mobile browser for things. I don't know why. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and the app is really simple to use as yeah. well as the internet version. So, yeah, it's super basic. And now that I'm on there, like to support us and give us my dollar, I'm like, oh, who else can I scrounge up a dollar for? Like, what days can I drink the bad coffee at the office to save my <laughs> 76 cents so that it adds up to Patreon money? I'm kind of excited. <laughs> That's very <laughs> exciting. Yeah. So the next thing I wanted to do a quick mention of is there's a new podcast coming and I'm really excited about it. They added us on Instagram and I went and checked them out. It's called Biggest Little Library and it's hosted by two librarians. So obviously kindred spirits of mine. <laughs> and their first episode doesn't come out until January 7th. So well, tomorrow. Um, yeah, tomorrow. But for now, go ahead and go check them out on Instagram. I'm really excited. They have quite a few themes that they're going to do and different types of episodes. And, you know, I'm always looking for new podcasts to do crossover episodes with. So you never know. Someday we might have guests. And speaking of crossover episodes. (laughs) (laughs) So these special episodes are, you know, life happens. And we can foresee life happening quite a bit. In the near future, actually, um, with Bethany having shoulder surgery and, um, you know, Ashley's been sick. She has a lot of work stuff going on. My life is crazy. So we don't want to leave you guys without an episode. Obviously, our first priority is Marissa Meyer and the chapter-by-chapter amazing discussion that I think we're having. But 
you know, you've said that you don't mind tangents too much, and we do have pretty broad interests. So Bethany has been working very hard doing these topical episodes with different guests. There have been some recorded with one of her sisters. She's recorded some with Ashley. We are, we tried to record one. We had technical problems, which again is like part of the reason why we're putting these together for when technical problems happen so that we still put something out. So Bethany and I are going to get together soon and, uh, and record at least one special app. So these will drop on our Prince Pie Fan Pod feed basically at random. We will try our best, of course, to stick to the Scarlet schedule. I know I get very excited to hear the next chapter, <laughs> so I definitely look forward to those every Monday. But there will be times here and there where where an episode that comes out on a Monday may be something special. So, Bethany, what kind of topics are we gonna are we gonna tell them? What kind of topics we might have coming up? Yeah, we're doing a lot of different stuff. I just a couple of days ago, I recorded an episode with Adapted for Your Viewing podcast. Amanda was a guest, and that was really fun. We talked about the Disney version of the Cinderella films, the cartoon one from 1950, and kind of compared it a little bit to Cinder from Marissa Meyer, and that was a lot of fun. My sister Lindsay and I have been doing several episodes. We did Tangled, which is one of our favorite movies, and a Cinderella story with Hilary Duff, and another Cinderella story with Selena Gomez. And what else have I done? Oh, Ashley and I did one on Shrek. I'm working with a couple other podcasts to do one on the book Ella Enchanted, and maybe one on the movie Ella Enchanted as well. Mm, yeah. Um, Leah, who you might remember from YA Book Chat, I was uh, her very first ever guest, um, my, is coming on this coming week. She and I are going to be recording an episode on the book Cloaked by Alex Flynn, which is a favorite of mine. And that's some of the stuff we're going to be doing. There's a podcast called How I Met Your Friends, where they compare every episode of Friends to How I Met Your Mother. They have agreed to be a guest, which is really exciting. We're going to talk about our top five Friends episodes. Yeah. And so that's some of the stuff we're working on, and we're always looking for ideas for topical episodes. So feel free to email us or message us if you have any good ideas. And uh, mostly we're going to be trying to stick to fairy tale adaptations so that we stay in the same universe. So that's why Ella Enchanted is a book that we chose. Cloaked is a book that we chose because they are fairy tale adaptations. That's why, you know, my sister and I are trying to do Disney movies or film adaptations. Becca and I would love to do one on Ever After. Oh, fun. Okay. Oh, I'm excited. I'm very excited about that. And we finally hooked up our DVD player. So <laughs> I just need to find, figure out which box my Ever After DVD is. In so that I can rewatch it and take notes. Yes, absolutely. And also, we love the Whitney Houston Brandy uh, version yeah. of Roger and Hammerstein's Cinderella. So at some point, Becca and I will probably do an episode about that too, which my sister Lindsay would probably love to be a part of. Oh, I might have to find that today and just watch it, just because I it's, just adore that one. It's pure magic. I love it so much. And it has such a wonderful cast. I mean, Bernadette Peters, come on now. Victor Garber, Jason Alexander. Like, it's just, uh Whoopi Goldberg, Brandy, Whitney Houston. Yes. Yes, there's some really wonderful cast. And, and it's a really 
it's a very magical story. It's a really wonderful version of Cinderella in a, and it sort of modernizes the music from it and the dialogue, but it's still very true to the original story. And it's, it's really quite beautiful. So we're really looking forward to doing that as well. Yes. Oh my gosh. Now I'm just picturing the ball gown dancing scene and all the dresses and how beautiful that is. Yes, yes. And um, I do encourage you and everyone to go and take a peek at that movie, too, because it's it's really worth watching. Oh, my gosh, Bethany, I'm sorry. And I said that I was kind of going to be efficient today and not waste too much time on tangents. But have you seen Little Women yet? No, my friend Amy and I are going to see it on Tuesday. Oh, my gosh. Okay. <laughs> now, here's the thing. And have we discussed this with Ashley about the hair? And how, like, historically having these, like, long flowing locks was, like, not a thing and their hair would be pinned up and all of that. No, I don't think we have. I wonder who was talking about that. Somebody that I know that cosplays and is very much into, like, historical accuracy was complaining about the hairstyles. Other than that distracting me because of the recent conversation I had with somebody about that, this movie was lovely. It, it you're, I think you will love it. I, I'm assuming you've read the book. Yes, absolutely. And I saw the uh, Winona Ryder version several years back. I had not read the book. Oh, you have not? No. And so now uh, I have the well, audio. You're not, um, you're not as big on classic literature as I am either, though, because you never read Pride and Prejudice until that one podcast. This right. Is, yeah. Yeah. Until um, In Want of a Wife with Alistair came out. Yeah, I had not. No, and, and that's weird because I love like his, I mean, I love Little House on the Prairie, and but I have not read a lot of the classics yet. And I actually had tried to read Little Women a number of times and just kind of gotten a few chapters in and just kind of lost interest. But I think it's time. <laughs> so I've got the audiobook and I listened, before we saw the movie, I listened again to the beginning um, and I'm going to go in and finish it. I literally I cried, like, the whole way through the movie. But other than that, it was great. I, we had, like, a ladies' day, and I went with my mom and my sisters and my niece. And it was it was so great. You'll love it. And just the dresses. And I'm really excited because I love having popcorn for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> I was a little so. disappointed that I didn't have popcorn money. <laughs> Yeah, that's always unfortunate. That's one of those things that, like, I kind of feel like I have to have. But I do remember my mom used to sneak in stuff for us when we went to the theater. Like, she would yeah. make popcorn and put it in Ziploc bags and bring, like, you know, thermoses of water and soda and stuff. Oh, sweet. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I snuck in Junior Mints in my purse. <laughs> yeah, they. I had gotten yeah. them stocking, so I, I won't know. pretend that that stuff isn't like heavily overpriced. But unfortunately, I am a consumer victim, and I love me some movie theater popcorn at a theater. So, oh, for sure, yeah, for sure. And so. then the other thing going forward, just one more thing before we do a little bit more housekeeping. I'm sorry, everyone. I know you haven't heard from us in a while. Going forward, the podcast uh, is you know we we talked about doing the topical episodes. We're also going to be trying to have a lot more guests on. I have quite a few people I've been working with who might come on to do a couple chapters of Scarlet. And Leah from Hawaii Book Chat, for example, has read this series and enjoyed it, so she might come on. Amanda from Adaptopod has read this series and enjoyed it, so she might come on for a couple of chapters. 
And that would be really exciting for us. And then that's also another way that we can make sure we can definitely get you an episode. As you know, as we talked about before, life can be very unpredictable, especially for three different schedules to juggle. And so if there's ever a time when when Becca or Ashley can't be available, the first goal I'm going to do is, is just to try to have a guest to make sure we still get uh, a Scarlet episode out. So we get to look forward to a little bit of that as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, I'm excited. Yes. I'm so glad we're back. I, I am too. That was a long hiatus. It was. Oh, Anyway, so while we were on hiatus, hey, we got a new review from Hannah. We did, and she's been emailing me quite a few times, but some of her stuff is spoilers, so I can't talk about it yet. Ooh, okay. <laughs> so, but, but you're saving those, of course, for when we can. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> so Hannah says, hi, I found your podcast about a week ago, and I'm very excited. I love the Lunar Chronicles, and I think the way you have been talking through the chapters is very thoughtful and fun. Also, <laughs> Lunar Chronicles has a coloring book, but I don't know too much about it. Anyway, I love the podcast, and I'm very excited for your review of Scarlet, my personal favorite. Ooh, okay. Keep up the good work. Lots of love, Hannah. Thank you to Hannah for sending us that. And I'm excited that Scarlet is her personal favorite. My yes. personal favorite hasn't. We haven't, we haven't gotten to my personal favorite yet. <laughs> Yours is crap. Yes, the book. The third yes. book is my favorite. Okay. Yes. <laughs> We also have a, another reader email, so I'm going to go ahead and read that real quick. Okay. Dear Pinstech and Pod, you guys are awesome. I just finished episode one of Cinder, and I'm already hooked. I love how you went through the chapter paragraph by paragraph, and I realized a lot about the book that I hadn't when I read it the first time. Like, for instance, the fact that Cinder covers up her hands with gloves and Kai covers up his torso and face with a hoodie because they're both hiding something, that comparison was mind-blowing. I love this so much and will definitely be tuning in for the podcast already posted and for the ones to come. But I was wondering, after y'all finish the Lunar Chronicles, which will definitely be a long time seeing as there are six <laughs> books, but anyway, will you be moving on to other books? And will they be Marissa Meyer books like Renegades or Heartless? Sincerely, your newest fan, Sarah. Yay! Yay! And Sarah's my best friend's name, so that's really cool, too. <laughs> So I, I want to say a quick thank you for sending us that because it was really nice. Yeah. Um, and we are doing everything Marissa Meyer writes. So we are doing the six books of TLC. Uh-huh. Then there are two graphic novels from TLC that we're going to do. Then yeah. Heartless, then Renegades, then Instant Karma. And by that point, I'm sure she'll have written several other books for us to get to. So very exciting. It will be as she said, a while before we get done with uh, Lunar Chronicles. I did our schedule, and mm-hmm. assuming we get to stick to the schedule, we should be finishing Scarlet around August. But mm-hmm. uh, Crest is quite a bit longer than Scarlet. Winter is quite a bit longer than Crest. Ferris is relatively short, though, so that's not going to be too long. Stars Above is kind of long. So it, it will be quite a while before we finish those books. But for now, we should be starting Crest right around August time frame. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, I'm excited. Yeah. Oh. So let's talk about some fan art that we missed while we were on hiatus, and then we can finally get into chapter discussion. Okay. So Fan Art Friday. From way back December 20th, we had this lovely piece by Cheshire Lunar Anarchist on Instagram, and we have Cinder's cyborg hand 
removing the ID chip from Peony's letamosis wrist. And it's heartbreaking and it's beautiful, I guess, is what I would say. Absolutely. And I really wish we had had this during those chapters because it really is. There's a lot of detail in it, but it's just a completely white background with just the two hands, which I also really like. And as you said, it's just really emotionally charged for such a simple drawing. It is. Yeah, it and the detail is incredible. The the cyborg finger with all the joints and the blood from Teeny's wrist and it's not gory or anything, so don't worry about that. But it is it's very tastefully done. It is, yeah. Like it would make yeah. like stone wallpaper. <laughs> it would, it would. You know. Which nobody would understand, but then if somebody saw your phone, they'd be like, what is going on? And then you could say, like, hey, read these books. Anyway. So big thank you for sharing that with us. And you can follow that person at cheshire.lunar.anarchist on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And the next one, we shared an extra one in December for Sender's birthday, which I was one day late on, so I'm sorry about that. But we shared an extra one on December 22nd for Sender slash Celine's birthday. And it was by Art on Instagram. And it's wonderful. It's of Cinder leaving the ball in the, and she's walking on the cobblestone. There's lanterns in the background. There's a beautiful moon in the background. You can see like facial expressions on Cinder in her greasy dress. You can see the cyborg foot sticking out of her boots. There's just a lot of really incredible detail. And I, I don't, I know it's kind of simple, but I really love the lanterns. Oh, I guess the lanterns are my favorite. They are very glowy. And it's just like magic the way that they glow. And we have to mention her boots because Ashley, when we discussed this with Ashley, she was very drawn to her boots. And yeah, with the cyborg leg and yeah, the grease stains. I mean, zoom in on this, people, if you're looking, listeners, zoom in and see these details because it's amazing. There's stars in the sky. There's glowy lanterns. It's gorgeous. Yeah, it's absolutely beautiful. Even if you zoom in really closely, you can see the pearls on her gloves, too. Oh, seriously? Yeah, seriously. There's a lot of detail in this picture. I do, like you said, I encourage everyone mm-hmm. to zoom in and really take it in. Yeah, I haven't specifically zoomed in on the gloves. Wow. Yeah. So a big thank yeah. you to art on Instagram. From December 27th, it is from Cosmic Nova Flare on Instagram. And we have Queen Lavana and the moon behind her. It is spectacular. I love the way the moon is glowing. I love her flowing hair. I love her crown that, for some reason, to me, reminds me of Antler. <laughs> it reminds me of Ursula's crown from The Little Mermaid. Yes. yes, absolutely. Yes, yes. And she is gorgeous and in a evil way. And the moon behind her has these little slurs on it, little detail, and it's just perfect. I love the facial expression because, you know, it's like the longer you look at it, the more you can see there's an innocence there, but there's a hostility, and it really just depends on how you're looking at it and, you know, your perception and stuff. And I think that's exactly what Lavana is. She's your perception. For sure. And if I had those magic lunar powers, that is the eyeliner that I would imagine on. <laughs> it's a perfect cat eye. Ugh, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Beautiful. And once again, that's from that's from Cosmic Nova Flare on Instagram. 
Yeah. And the last one we'll talk about was from just a couple of days ago on January 3rd. It is by K underscore K art on Instagram. And it is Cinder as the Disney version of Cinder. And it's so twinkly. I love it. Everything about it is just, I think, twinkly. Like, I feel like it's, I feel like it's lighting up even though it's not when you're looking at it. It is. Yes. The twinkles. I love the, the subtle stars in the background. They're so subtle, subtle, you would almost miss them. And I actually, when we talked about this last, originally we, we discussed this art together and I was not a hundred percent sure that those stars were there. I was like, is my printer um, adding those? Because they're amazing. Like that's how subtle they are, but it's perfect. It's just perfection. And she has the classic Disney princess Cinderella dress. She's got the big cartoon eyes and she's just beautiful. It is absolutely beautiful. And this particular artist, K underscore K art on Instagram does a lot of this type of Uh crossover where it'll be certain characters as Disney characters. So I encourage you to go check out that Instagram as well. I love Um, crossovers. Yeah. And now it's finally starting. It's finally time to start chapter one of Scarlet. So the first thing we'll do is we're going to talk about the forward because I just don't want anyone to think that we're accidentally giving away spoilers. Oh, yes. So the back of the book says, The face of Cinder and Scarlet collide as a lunar threat spreads across the Earth. Cinder, the cyborg mechanic, returns in the second thrilling installment of the best-selling Lunar Chronicles. She's trying to break out of prison even though if she succeeds, she'll be the Commonwealth's most wanted fugitive. Halfway around the world, Scarlet Benoit's grandmother is missing. When Scarlet encounters Wolf, a street fighter who may have information about her grandmother's whereabouts, she is loath to trust this stranger, but is inexplicably drawn to him and he to her. As Scarlet and Wolf unravel one mystery, they encounter another when they meet Cinder. Now all of them must stay one step ahead of the vicious lunar Queen Lavana who will do anything for the handsome Prince Kai to become her husband, her king, her prisoner. Dude. Yeah, that's that's one way to start us. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, so, so um, Marissa Meyer style, this book begins with what you would think is a quote. Well, and, it is a quote. Well, <laughs> sort of. In Cinder, we had short snippets of actual pulls from actual Cinderella original type stories, yes? Yes, but I was doing some research so I could tell everyone what this one was from, and it looks like Marissa Meyer wrote this particular quote herself, even though it's obviously inspired by the Little Red Riding Hood. I love it. So book one, she did not know that the wolf was a wicked sort of animal, and she was not afraid of him. Real quick before I forget, we did a poll on Instagram, and Cinder, we were counting the word gloves, and for Scarlet, we will be counting the word tomatoes, which there's actually already quite a few just in this chapter, so that was a good choice. Um. <laughs> and But this confused me a little bit, so I'm not really sure what to expect in this book. I found it a little strange when I found out we were counting tomatoes. I obviously, you know, they play a big part in this first chapter, but I did not expect that to continue. It seems very random to me at this point. So I guess I'll find out what the deal is. But um, I don't think that's too much of a spoiler because it's just a word. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
So, like, how are um, tomatoes going to be a thing? This is weird. Yeah, it's just something fun for you to keep an eye on as a first-time reader. Yeah, yeah I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> so, the quote, just like with Cinder, leads readers into, you know, a familiar story. But this mm-hmm. is a new quote. It's from a new fairy tale, and we have a mm-hmm. new protagonist, and we don't really know where Cinder is. She's not mentioned at all in this first chapter. Right, yeah. And we know from, you know, from reading the back cover of the book that she's going to show up, but we don't have her yet, so. I know the first time I started reading this book, I didn't read the back of the book. I yeah. just went straight from Cinder. I finished Cinder at, like, one thirty in the morning and drove immediately to Walmart to get the sequel. Yeah. And I know I started reading this, and I was like, what the f***? Where is Cinder? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, maybe yeah. I should have read the back of the book. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, because we start right up with Scarlet was descending toward the alley. Yeah, it's just a completely different person. Yeah. Yeah. And we find out her last name is Benoit, which real quick, the audiobooks do pronounce it as Benoit, but according to Marissa Meyer's website, it is Benoit, which is also a friend's pronunciation, so that's the one I choose to believe. So she receives a call from yeah. the Tulao Law Enforcement Department of Missing Persons, and currently Tulao is in southern France near the Spanish border, and she's in some kind of ship. Yes, and we find out right away that Tom is from the Missing Persons Department. Her heart jumps. She almost crashes her ship. They found something. The Tulaus police must have found something. And she checks the comm. And it's not as she expected. No, it's not. Well, we yeah. find out it's the 28th of August. And we know that Cinder started on the 15th of August. So it's been 13 days since we met Cinder and Kai and Aiko at the market, which is insane. Completely. And for us, it's been like seven months. Yeah, and we found out um, that her grandmother went missing on the, well, we find out that she filed the missing persons report on the 11th of August, so that was four days before we met Cinder. Uh-huh. Yeah, so her grandmother went missing before Cinder started for us. Yeah. And then, so let's read the, the calm real quick. So 28th of August. 126 PE, we've got a case number. We find out it was filed 11th of August. This communication is to inform Scarlett Benoit of Rio France EF that as of 1542 on 28 August 126, the case of missing person Michelle Benoit of Rio France EF has been dismissed due to lack of sufficient evidence of violence or non-specific foul play. Conjecture. Person left of own free will and or suicide. Case closed. We thank you for your patronage of our detective services. Yeah, which kind of reminds me of what they say when you get off an airplane. (laughs) It's like, yeah, we know you have plenty of choices in flight and air travel. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah, for sure. So this is where we find out that Scarlett is in Ryu, France. And I looked it up just because I wanted to make sure my geography was right because this caught my attention when I was reading it this time. That's near the Belgium border. And as I said before, Toulouse is near the Spanish border. Uh-huh. They are 418 miles apart. So in today's world, that would be like an eight-hour drive. Yeah. So I'm not sure why the Toulouse police are who is investigating this because 
Her grandmother, Michelle Benoit, also lives in Ryu, where Scarlet is landing her ship in Ryu at the tavern. So what Talaus have to do with it? We don't know. So what we found out from Nancy and Cinder, and because I had to find this page, I'll tell you guys. <laughs> it's on page 198 and 199 in Cinder. Okay. We found out one of the suspects who might have been housing Celine is an ex-military pilot from the European Federation, Wing Commander Michelle Benoit, and that's where it got cut off. So we have heard this name before. Yeah. And we, we do know that. Hey guys, this is Aiden Bethany. I just wanted to give you a heads up. The next couple minutes of audio are a little crackly. We had some static interference and... I tried really hard, but I couldn't get the crackles out. It's not horrible, but it's enough that I wanted to give you a heads up. So thank you for tapping it out. It's only about a minute and a half. So if you really want to, you can fast forward through. But please keep listening. Have a good day, guys. Bye. We do know a little bit about her. We know that she's somehow connected to Princess Celine. We already knew that she was an ex-military pilot, a wing commander even. And we know that she was in the European Federation. So... We also know now the exact day that she went missing, which is really important information. Because if you try to remember everything we learned in Cinder, which is what I'm here for, <laughs> everyone forgets. That's my job to remember the Easter egg hatching. Um, this is just a little bit more information about the person that was very briefly mentioned in Cinder. That's wild. Um, yeah. <laughs> she, plants, she plants these eggs very well. Yeah. Um, so it's assumed that her grandmother committed suicide or ran away, but Scarlett does not believe that. She calls them idiots, in fact, on multiple uh, occasions. Yeah, she sure does. Yeah, Scarlett's pretty pissed. And I would say probably rightfully so, because I'm sorry, we already know that Michelle Benoit may have housed Princess Celine, so we know that there's some shady shit going on here, right? Like, this is... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this is important big stuff. Uh, we don't know how or what, but it is. And I'm sorry, I just have to mention, though, right after this calm and it's all business-like, it's followed by a video ad from the police reminding delivery ship pilots to wear their harnesses. And I just can't help but notice that a hundred, hundreds of years into the future, we still have annoying pop-up ads. And it just... <laughs> <laughs> it's funny to me because I hate when ads pop up, like when you're just scrolling and all of a sudden your thing starts talking. Anyway. <laughs> well, at least um, it's a safety ad, I guess, and it's not like, you know. Right. The, yeah, it's the, not like this. I feel like it's about usually, your grandmother is sponsored by Starbucks. Like, it's not, yeah, could be worse. Yeah, I feel like it's usually <laughs> car advertisements. Right. Yes. Yeah. Drive a Hyundai. Um, <laughs> but I love. Um, I can't not mention though the image imagery here though either, because Scarlet Scar blah, blah, blah. Scarlet stared at the small screen until the words turned into a screaming blur of white and black, and the ground seemed to drop out from beneath the ship. Dang. And she releases a guttural scream. Yes. And she's like gripping her port screen so hard that the plastic panel is crunching. She's hoping to shatter it into pieces of plastic and metal and wire as she's slamming it down on the ship's control panel. 
three solid whaps. And the screen only flickered in mild irritation. So apparently port screens are like the old Nokia brick phones. They're indestructible. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And we also find out that Scarlett has curly hair. Um, but that is our only physical description of her in this entire chapter. So we really don't know what she looks like yet, other than the fact that she has curly hair. Yeah. Do we even know, like, approximate age or anything in this chapter? We do find out that she's 18 in this chapter because it okay. says she was going to miss Scarlett's 18th birthday. Mm, right, right, right. Okay. Yeah. So we do uh, at least know her age, but we, we know that her name is Scarlett. We know mm-hmm. that she has curly hair, that she lives in France, that she um, is a delivery driver and has a farm, that she presumably used to run with her grandmother who's now missing, mm-hmm. and she has curly hair. Yeah. And she's and very... She, um. Much in the same way that Cinder was. She's very outspoken. Yes. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Yes, I was going to mention, because right, like, bottom of page four, you know, we're assuming that Scarlet is basically the heroine of this book because it's named after her. Um, We, once again, have not your Disney princess, you know, damsel in distress version of a protagonist here. She is mad <laughs> she is gonna get shit done she's mad she's gonna get shit done she is not putting up with it at all she's gonna go to the police station herself and tell them first thing in the morning um, yep. which means that traveling is a lot faster than nine hours now if she's gonna go first thing in the morning and go halfway across the country not yeah, halfway across sure. the country all the way <laughs> all the way across the yeah. country um, <laughs> and of course she has to get some perspective Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to get some perspective. Where you are right now, Becca, is about eight hours from where I grew up in Illinois. Yeah. So imagine somebody in your life went missing and you had to drive two states over to mm-hmm. work with a detective there. That makes it we, – we really need to figure out why the person that she's working with is so far away. Right. Yeah. It, it's very odd to me that they're so far away, the detectives. And I suppose if I had my own personal – ship, plane, jet, whatever, um, I could get from Omaha to Illinois in a couple hours. Um, commercial flights really only even take as long as they do because they're waiting for runways and clearance and all of that stuff. You know, if I just had a personal ship, I could probably do it pretty quick. But yeah, because um, actual flight time is pretty is pretty limited compared right. to how long you wait. Absolutely. But also, you know, here in my life where I am in Omaha, if I was actually working with a detective, the Northwest Precinct is less than two miles from where I'm sitting right now. I would just go there. So it's yeah, very strange. Yeah, even if I had to go like to the downtown um, precinct, if it was something you know more serious or you know they're open 24 hours, whatever. Even that's like nine miles. Yeah, it's pretty so. far. We also find out, this is where we find out that she delivers vegetables. Yeah, and, uh, plastic crates filled with garden vegetables were in the back of her ship. Following her around, and she, she gets out of her ship to mm-hmm. presumably deliver these vegetables and starts barreling tomatoes at the <laughs> tavern. Yes, and she's thinking to herself, she's referring in her head, I'm assuming, that to the detectives as turnip head detective. So we have a lot of vegetable imagery here. <laughs> We're referring to the detectives as turnip heads, and I love it. And the tomatoes splattering on the wall, juice and seeds spraying across the piles of 
garbage in this alley. Zeal's narrow face. Zeal's narrow face was glistening as he took in the fleshy orange mess Scarlet had made on the side of his building. Those better not be my finagles. No, that's not <laughs> yeah. a French accent. How do you do a oh, French accent? Sounds a little Dr. Erlandy. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think of how to do a French accent. I can't. Um, I just can't. No. Those better not be my tomatoes. No, it's still kind of like Eastern European. Yeah. Anyway, no, no accent for this guy. Sorry. Yeah. Those better not be my tomatoes. Yeah. And she said and they I were like yours. She, yeah, I like how she bends the truth here a little bit, where she's like, well, they're not yet. Yeah. Yeah, he hadn't actually paid for them yet, so technically. <laughs> Love it. And he's docking her pay. Because of the mess that she made. To be fair, <laughs> I used to work at, in the restaurant industry, and mm-hmm. I was a manager. And if someone showed up to Hardee's with mm-hmm. a box full of my French fries and started throwing them at the building instead of carrying them inside, I would also be upset. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, it's valid. Think about it like, what did I compare it to when we were talking the other day? Oh, think about if you ordered Girl Scout cookies and mm-hmm. the girl finally came to deliver them and instead of giving you your Girl Scout cookies, she took them out of the box and started throwing them at your house. Right. Which I would still eat the cookies. It would be fine because they're cookies. But she still shouldn't be throwing them at your house. (laughs) That's not how you deliver products. (laughs) No, that is not um that is not what we should be teaching our Girl Scouts. (laughs) Not the customer service. Yeah, I do also um, really like that we go from that to being inside Scarlet's head as she's walking around, and everything is bizarre in its normality. Yeah. Scarlet's world was crashing down around her, and nobody noticed. Her grandmother was missing, and nobody cared. And this is just another wonderful writing technique mm-hmm. by Marissa Meyer. In times of personal struggle, it really does feel discomforting to see that, you know, everything is functioning and working without any issues or hiccups, but your life is completely falling apart. And that can be a very discomforting and disorienting feeling to have to deal with. Absolutely. Yeah, I love this here on page seven. Just the world's going on and the tavern is noisy and the alley is filled with garbage and Gilles is yelling and nobody knows or cares that her world is just not okay. Yeah. Everything's falling apart in her world, but everything around her is, is the same. Nothing's changed. And I mean, I, I, we probably don't have a lot of comparisons. My grandmother never went missing, but mm-hmm. I often feel this way when I'm sick. If I'm not mm-hmm. feeling well, especially if I have a migraine, Mm-hmm. Um, and other people are fine. It's like, oh, how do you do these things? You know, like I, I know a lot of people, my migraines are, you know, maybe it's because I'm weak or something, but they're just completely debilitating. I can't do anything. But I know people yeah. who get migraines and they're perfectly fine. Well, yeah, yeah. And, and mine are, you know, like same. we talked about before, Ashley yeah. can play video games with a migraine. And I just can't even fathom playing a video game with a migraine, like, because I can't even fathom doing anything other than being completely still in a completely silent, completely dark room. Yes. For days. <laughs> like, I just, 
I can't keep water down. I can't, I can't do anything. Even like those, um, migraine medicines that like dissolve so that you don't really have to, you know, swallow a pill or whatever. They just dissolve. I can't keep that down. Yeah. It's really difficult for me to, and maybe because mine are, you know, caused by, or not caused by, but directly related to my seizure disorders. So maybe mm. that's why they're more severe. But, you know, I mean, everybody handles pain differently. Everybody has, you know, different levels of pain tolerance. Yeah. Mine used to be really low, but ever since the shoulder thing happened, it's gotten quite a bit better. But yeah. uh, my migraine tolerance level is still pretty low. And yeah. I, I'm very lucky. I have, well... A, a few years back, I had a migraine for three weeks straight. But because of that, which was horrible, but because of that, I was able to meet with a neurologist and get a medication that specifically helps when I do have a migraine. And, mm-hmm. you know, now I take that and it doesn't cure me, but it does dull the migraine into a headache, which is a lot more manageable to deal with. Oh, yeah. Um the pain Not that headaches that, can't be horrible. Headaches are bad and uncomfortable. I don't want to belittle right. headaches, but... Um. No, they're terrible, but the pain of the migraine was never the hardest part for me, even though it is, like, the worst sometimes pain that I can imagine. It's disorienting. I feel like I just can't function. I can't see straight. I can't think straight. I can't hear. I can't, you know... It's like that, those parts of it are so hard, more than the pain. See, for me, it's like all of it. Yeah. You know, it's, the pain is really bad for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, no. And it's I'm, like a, it's yeah. like pulsating, you know? Yes. Yeah. Um, and it's like my whole head is like really heavy. Yeah. I get, I get nauseous really bad, which is never fun. Uh-huh. But that's the kind of stuff I think about when I, not that I haven't had personal, you know, struggles and tragedies in my life, but right. one of the things that came to mind when I was reading this, because it's something I experience a lot more often than trauma, is, sure. you know, just that feeling of when you're sick and you're not feeling well, even if it's like a mental, you know, thing, even if you're mm-hmm. having a mental, a day where you're, you know, mentally not feeling well, because that happens mm-hmm. too, and yeah. everyone else seems to be perfectly fine and their life is going on just fine and they can mm-hmm. laugh and play and have fun and watch TV and, and you know, mm-hmm. but everything for you is completely falling apart and it just doesn't feel okay. Yeah. And I actually, when I first read this, thought when I was in college, my music fraternity had its centennial convention. So it had been a hundred years since the founding. It was a huge celebration in Michigan and I was the representative for my chapter and so I was basically at this like three-day party with like fancy dresses and business meetings and parties and sing-alongs and all sorts of you know stuff you know 100-year celebration big deal and one of my classmates and good friend and neighbor had died like two days before I left for this convention and the disorientation of like where my headspace was with the shock of that. Um, but then being in this environment of celebration, like that dichotomy is exactly what I thought of when I read this sentence. 
like where your world is just like flipped upside down, not normal, confusing, scary, and everyone else is just la di da having fun. And that's yeah. where Scarlett's at right now. You know, her world is falling apart. She's 18 and uh-huh. she's dealing with, and we don't know what kind of life she's had, but it looks like it's just her and her grandmother. And she's dealing with her grandmother's missing. Nobody notices. Nobody cares. Nobody's helping uh-huh. her. Even the police have given up. Uh, we find out that, you know, they own a farm together and that they run the farm together. Well, with grandma gone, this 18-year-old girl is running the farm and the delivery service all by herself, dealing with customers, dealing with, you know, orders and inventory and things like that all by herself, all while her grandmother is missing and no one is helping her look for her. I mean, this has just got to be completely overwhelming, but she seems to be holding it together for the most part. She doesn't even tell, you know, we meet her friend Emily, who calls her Scarling, which is really sweet. And she doesn't even tell her that her... She Emily asks about it, and Scarlett doesn't even tell her that they closed the case and everything. Yeah. Yeah, she's just dealing with it on her own at this point. And we find out she's 18. This is a lot. This yeah. A lot to deal with. She's keeping the business running all by herself. She's 18. She's delivering yeah. her vegetables and making it happen, but... Yeah. And Emily is her friend that works at the tavern, and... She's got a street fighter that she's interested in. <laughs> yes. Yeah. She says, Bonjour, Scarling, which is an adorable nickname. And Emily has some sort of secret. Her eyes are sparkling. She's beaming. And then she sees, you know, Scarlet, and Scarlet doesn't want to talk. And then they get into talking about this street fighter. So we find out that Emily has these angelic blonde curls. Her grin suggests devilish thoughts, we kind of find out almost a little more about Emily than we do Scarlett as far as angelic blonde curls that surrounded Emily's face. Her grin suggested very devilish thoughts. All we know about Scarlett is that her hair is curly. We don't even know what kind of like color it is or how long it is or, or yeah. what kind of texture it is. Yeah. So. There's like a million different kinds of curly hair. <laughs> <laughs> and this street fighter apparently, according to Emily, is and he's been there almost every day. He keeps sitting in her section, which definitely means something, don't you think? <laughs> and yeah. I wonder how many sections there are to choose from, but <laughs> she thinks it means something. Says he's always really quiet, not like Roland and his crowd. I think he's shy and lonely. Who is Roland? We don't find him. And his can. crowd? We don't know anything about either one of them. I'm picturing Gaston. <laughs> <laughs> I think Roland is Gaston, and his crowd is all the people in the tavern. That would be amusing. <laughs> yeah. He has um, these eyes that just... Oh. Yeah, Emily's quite smitten with this with stranger. This writer, yeah. And Gil comes in and scolds her for slapping her lips and wants her to get back to work. And basically yeah. is glaring at Scarlet as if it's her fault. That threatens to dock more units over it. He's just yeah. delightful. Oh, and um, I love that Emily sticks her tongue out at it. <laughs> <laughs> and this is where we find out that Scarlett has kept it from Emily because Emily asked, you know, about her grand mirror and mm-hmm. have you heard anything new? Scarlett clenched her jaw, the words of the calm buzzing like hornets in her head. Case closed. And she uh, responds, what? nothing new. 
And more imagery from Rosa Meyer, buzzing like yes. hornets in her head. Oh, love it, love it. Um, and I also like the she let their conversation get lost in the chaos of the cooks screaming at each other across the line. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, and Emily says, oh, try not to worry. She'll come back. And uh, another great sentence that I love. Everyone talked about her grandma's disappearance as if she were a stray cat who would meander back home when she got hungry. Don't worry, she'll be back. But she's been gone for over two weeks. Yeah, that's... I don't know. Most people don't just wander off for two weeks without a word. Absolutely. And, you know, in those two weeks, it looks like Scarlett's done her best to find her and alert the authorities. And, you know, like she said, it doesn't look like anybody's willing to help her. Yeah, she's checked with the farmhands, the androids. Nobody knows or saw anything. But her grandmother missed her 18th birthday, even though she'd already bought ingredients to bake her a lemon cake. Yeah. I Yeah, she would not have just, yeah. She would not have just taken off like that without a word. Yeah. On her own for any good reason. And it even says, like, that, you know, she left her port screen, but it didn't have any clues. There, you know, mm-hmm. there was no store toms, no calendar, no net history. But mm-hmm. even just leaving it was suspicious enough because no one went anywhere without their port. Yeah, I wouldn't go anywhere without my phone. See, and we talked about that. I go places frequently without my phone because I get tired of using my phone. And I just... I'm more of like a what if the car breaks down? What if, you know? No, if what I'm if... completely alone, yes, I'll have my phone and pepper spray. I'm a very small person. I know I'm vulnerable. But Jerry and I will go out and only one of us will bring our phone. But we, I don't think, would ever go out without at least one phone with us. It just seems uncomfortable. I don't know. It's going to be different for every person, of course, but it seems like this society and our society as well Mm -hmm. is, you know, it's that whole third arm syndrome. There are actual anxiety disorders developing from people who cannot be separated from their phones. One of the people I enjoy hanging out with the most besides like my husband and my sisters is my friend Amy, because she's one of the few people I hang out with who's not constantly on her phone. And and that's just a personal thing. I feel like everybody's different. I personally, if I'm talking to you and you're scrolling on your phone on Facebook and you have to constantly look up and say, I'm sorry, what did you say? Yeah. You know, that makes me feel very unimportant and I'm not going to leave my house for that. <laughs> right. Yeah, um, it's rude. It really is. It's disrespectful. I have a very... tough relationship, I guess, with my phone. My husband accuses me a lot of paying more attention to my phone than I do my family. And I don't necessarily agree that that's always the case because a lot of times we'll be driving around, the kids will be buckled in back, he'll be driving, and he'll ask me, like, what's the bank account balance? Or, you know, when is this due? Or what's happening this day or what's our schedule tomorrow? And so I'll pick up my phone and I'll specifically look up those things that he asked for. And he'll think that I'm just like scrolling randomly or playing a crossword puzzle or something. So it's tough. I use it 
for all of that information, you know, I use it to keep track of so many things for all four of us. And then I get accused of just goofing around. And it's like, no, I'm using this as a tool. <laughs> like, I, I don't think it is. It's a tool. It's a resource. It I, I, yeah. The biggest reason I like to put my phone down is uh-huh. because I'm constantly on it. I, I have apps on it for school. Uh, yeah. I do a lot of stuff on the podcast on my phone, especially with Instagram. Yeah. I have a game that I play way too much on my phone. You get like eight letters and you have to um, make as many words as you can in the eight letters before you run out of time. I'm a yeah. at that game. You know, and it's, it's just the reason I like to put my phone down sometimes is because I feel like I am on it way too much. Yeah. And I'm sure that I am too. You know, I eight hours a day at the office, I'm listening to a podcast. I'm doing that through my phone. Absolutely. Um, of course. Yeah, all the time calendar. I listen to podcasts my, on my phone. <laughs> my shopping list. It has my Shopkicks app. Which we we do a lot of Shopkick trips. We um like when we have spare time, we'll go to a store and earn our Shopkick. You have to like scan certain items to get points and get like free gift cards. We got free diapers last month. Like you know, I do a lot of that. But yeah, but I don't. You know, I have one logic puzzle app that I play and he accuses me of playing it all the time. It's literally 10 minutes a day because they put out one new puzzle a day. That's all you get for free. And it takes me like 10 to 15 minutes to complete. So it's 10 to 15 minutes a day that I'm on that. And then sometimes I'll play a crossword puzzle. Yeah. You know, it's like not, I don't know. It's interesting. I don't really know what to think about the whole phone thing. But I definitely would not disappear for two weeks without taking it. And not even just not taking it, but it's obviously been wiped. I mean, there's no yeah. stored comms, there's no calendar, there's no net history. Uh, if you look at my phone, you're going to find, I've had my iPhone for a very long time. If you look at it right now, you're going to find text messages from several years ago, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and photos, and there's definitely stuff on my calendar and, and mm-hmm. other thing, you know? And, to to not only leave it behind but to completely wipe it clean, I feel like that's very suspicious. It's and so it's Scarlet. It definitely is, but that's not the worst part. No, that's not the worst part. That's it's not the, the court train. Yeah, it's not the court train. It's not the unmade cake. She left her ID chip wrapped in cheesecloth, spotted red from her blood, like a tiny package on the kitchen counter. Oof. This is eerie. And we, we know from the last book, from what Cinder was talking about with trying to run away and needing to remove her own ID chip, that runaways do this. They leave yeah. behind their ID chips when they don't want to be found. Yeah. But also, but, like Scarlett suggests in the very last cliffhangery Marissa Meyer sentence, Scarlett figured that most kidnappers probably knew that trick, too. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's that's where we leave it. It's like you said, it's typical Marissa Meyer. We leave with a cliffhanger and a bunch of questions and uh-huh. our first introduction to a new person and we still don't really know a lot about her. Yeah, we know next to nothing. And it's very similar to our first chapter with Cinder, you know, we're just kind of following her around on her typical day. We find out a little bit of background information uh-huh. and then boom, big cliffhanger. Yeah, we pop right in in the middle of a work day, just like with Cinder. I kind of love that. I love that it's the same. And I'm so excited to get more into this. Yeah, and I'll have to, I'm not, I can't remember 
because I, it never occurred to me to check. So we'll have to try to remember if it's like this when we start the other books too. If, you know, if that first high, uh, chapter is very just no explanation whatsoever, we're just in there. We just jump sure. right in. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, that'd be so cool if it was all like that. That'd be amazing. So we decided to come up with chapter titles, this book, based off of song titles. And I picked one. It's called Homegrown Tomatoes by John Denver. Um, and I adore John Denver, so I'm very <laughs> excited that you came up with this one. And I was not familiar with this particular song. Uh, Where am I? Uh, yeah. I started Googling <laughs> stuff. Nice. Yeah, I um, love it. I love it. I could not think of anything better. I love John Denver. Like, I cried when he died. Like, it was... Gosh, where, how old were you in 1997? Uh, seven. Okay, yeah, I was in high school, <laughs> and I I drove to school that morning. I was a sophomore in high school, headed to my 7 a.m. zero-hour Development of America class with Mr. Ness, and he also was a huge John Denver fan, which I, I knew, and uh, I heard the radio report on the way to school that day. And I walked into the classroom. I was always, like, one of the first ones there. I was always early. And he was visibly upset. And I cried. <laughs> yeah. It was... Heartbreaking. It was. It was a thing. I just... I adored yeah. him. Yeah. Ugh. And now I want to get out my old records and listen. Listen. Yeah. And I hope that you enjoy it when you do. I'm sure. What was your uh, quote for this chapter? Oh, gosh, yes. So my quote, because it broke my heart, because I so just related. Top of page seven. Charlotte's world was crashing down around her and nobody noticed. I just, I get it. I've been there. I've been there, you know, we've all been there, but I just, it hit me all in the feels. <laughs> Did. And Bethany, what was yours? My quote was just that last partial sentence. Mm-hmm. But Scarlet figured most kidnappers probably knew that trick, too. Yeah. Like we yeah, said, absolutely. it leaves us on a big cliffhanger. It's a very emotionally charged 10 words. Yeah. Hey, guys. Editing Bethany here. So Ashley couldn't be here this week, but I do have a tiny little voice clip of her quote for the first chapter of Scarlet. So here it is. My quote is she would tell the detective that he had to keep searching. She would make him listen. She would make him understand. That's on page five. I like how fierce she is. So we had three Easter eggs in this chapter and five tomatoes. Yes, five tomatoes. And I didn't even notice that there were that many tomatoes yet. So (laughs) three eggs. And we had an egg hatch that we discussed. So that's exciting. Which is always very exciting to know that the eggs are still coming. I love when they have. So next episode, we're going to do two chapters, chapters two and three. Yes. And in the meantime, please rate, review, and subscribe and follow us everywhere. And check out our Patreon. It's www.patreon.com slash princekaifanpod. Yes. Check it out. And we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. The passages read for you today are from Scarlet by Marissa Meyer. This podcast is hosted and produced by Bethany Finger. Today's special guest was Rebecca Baker. The logo art was created by Angela Wong on Instagram. Thank you for listening.